Chapter Twenty Eight of Buffalo Bill from Prairie to Palace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Buffalo Bill from Prairie to Palace by John M. Burke. Chapter Twenty Eight Back to Europe. After peace was restored, Buffalo Bill secured government authority and selected a band of Indians, composed equally of the active friendly, headed by Chiefs Longwolf, No Neck, Yankton Charlie, Black Heart, and the band of hostages held by the military under General Nelson A. Miles at Fort Sheridan and headed by the redoubtable Short Bull, Kicking Bear, Lone Bull, Scatter, and Revenge for a short European tour, and they left Philadelphia in the chartered Red Star steamer Switzerland. The significance of this fact should still forever the tongues of those who, without rhyme, truth, or reason, have tried to stain a fair record which has been justly earned, and by its very prominence perhaps difficult to maintain. Coming direct from the snow-clad hills, and blood-stained valley of the Malvis Terre of last winter's central point of interest, it cannot be denied that an added chapter to Indian history in the Wild West's province of truthfully exhibiting the same is rendered more valuable to the student of primitive man and to the ethnologist's acquaintance with the strange people whose grand and once happy empire, plethoric in all its inhabitants needed, has been rightfully or wrongfully brought thoroughly and efficiently under the control of our civilization, or possibly more candidly confessed under the Anglo-Saxon's commercial necessities. It occurs to the writer that our boasted civilization has a wonderful adaptability to the good soils, the productive portions, and the rich mineral lands of the earth while making snail-like pace and intermittent efforts among the frigid haunts of the Eskimos, the tangled swamps of Africa, and the bleak and dreary rocks of Patagonia. A sentimental view is thus inspired, when long personal association has brought the better qualities of the Indian to one's notice, assisting somewhat to dispel the prejudices engendered by years of savage, brutal wars conducted with a ferocious vindictiveness foreign to our methods. The savageness of Indian warfare is born in the victim, and probably intensified by the instinctive knowledge of a despairing weakness that renders desperate the fiery spirit of expiring resistance, which latter, in another cause, might be held up for a courage and tenacity as bright as that recorded in the pages dedicated to the heroes of Thermopylae. After all, in what land, in what race, nationality, or community can be found the vaunted vestal home of assured peace? And where is human nature, so perfected that circumstances might not weaken the dormant demon of man's innate savageness? But then again, the practical view of the non-industrious use of nature's cornucopia of world-needed resources 
and the inevitable law of the survival of the fittest must bring the flattering unction to the soul of those to whom the music of light work and progress is the charm the gauge of existence's worth and to which the listless must hearken the indolent attend the weak imbibe strength from whose ranks the red man must join and advancing with those steps march cheerily to the tune of honest toil industrious peace and placid fireside prosperity passing through the to them marvellous experience of the railroad and its flying express train the sight of towns villages cities over valley plain and mountains to the magic floating-house the steamer sadly learning while struggling with the mal de mer the existence of the big waters that tradition alone had brooded to incredulous ears was past the first portion of a tempestuous voyage its teachings were of value in bringing to the proud spirits of the self-reliant dakotans the terrible power of nature and of white man's marvelous skill industry and ability in overcoming the dangers of the deep the reward of patience being found in a beautifully smooth approach to land the silly islands and a non-fog encumbered journey up the english channel unusually bright with sunshine the grand panorama of england's majestic shores her passing fleet of all kinds of marine architecture the steaming up the river scheldt with its diked banks and the beautifully cultivated fields open to the marvelling nomad his first edition of aladdin and landed him wonderingly surprised at the sight of thousands of white men peacefully greeting his arrival in the busy commercial mart of antwerp after introducing the indians to hotel life for the first time a tour of the city was made among the notable points visited being the cathedral which grand edifice aroused their curiosity the grand picture rubens descent from the cross bringing to the minds of all white men friendlies and hostiles the messiah craze all interest intensified by the fact that the aesthetic-looking short bull and some of the others had been the leading fanatical believers probably even apparently conscientious promoters and disciples of the still mysterious religious disease that lately agitated the indian race in america in fact after the death of sitting bull the central figures of this strange belief were short bull as the religious leader and kicking bear as the war chief grouped together with scatter revenge and others in moody contemplation of this subject was the late defier of a mighty nation of sixty-five million people nearly all of whom teach or preach the truthfulness of the picture's traditions a man in two short months 
transported from the indescribably desolate almost inaccessible natural fortresses of the badlands mavis terre of dakota to the ancient city of antwerp gazing spellbound on the artistic reproduction by the renowned artist of the red man's late dream the messiah respect for his thoughts and the natural stoical nature of the indian leaves to future opportunity an interesting interrogative of what passed through the mind of the subtle chief suffice it to say that surprise at the white man's many-sided character and the greatness of his resources in the past and present was beginning to dawn more and more on the new tourists arriving the next day at strasburg introduction to the cowboys the camp life the cathedral the great clock the fortifications etc was followed by the delight of each brave on receiving his pony and once more with his trusty friend the horse the ogallala and brule in a few days felt as though richard were himself again joining more heartily than was expected in the mimic scenes of the wild west soon the ordinary routine of daily duties seemed a pleasant diversion a grand reception in strasburg the tour resumed to karlsruhe mannheim including a visit to heidelberg castle mayence wiesbaden cologne the rhine legends of lurleen etc giving interest to the pew rouge en route dortmund duisburg krefeld and ace la chapelle terminated a tour of germany filled with the most pleasant recollections the tomb of charlemagne carollo magno the history of this great warrior was interpreted to attentive ears a lesson being instilled by the relation that after all his glory his battles triumphs and conquests in which he defeated the dusky african prototypes of the present visitors to his tomb peace brought him to pursue knowledge to cultivate the arts and sciences and that after a hundred years of entombment his body was found by otto the saxon sitting erect upon a granite throne the iron crown upon his head imperial sceptre in right hand while his left rested on an open volume of holy scriptures the index finger pointed to the well-known passage what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul here by the grave of the founder of christianity stood the latest novitiates to its efforts who may yet in following its teachings it is hoped make such progress through its aid and education as to furnish one of their race capable of holding the exalted chieftainship the presidency in their native land the empire of the west who can say why not belgium brussels its paris brings vividly to mind in its semblance of language people habits beauty wealth culture and appreciation remembrance of our delightful sojourn in the capital of 
how truly named la belle france visit waterloo from pine ridge to historic waterloo the courteous treatment and repeated visits and kindly interest of that most amiable lady the queen an enthusiastic horsewoman her pleasant reference to london in the jubilee year combined to increase the gratitude the wild west voyagers felt for the treatment everywhere received in europe since in eighteen eighty seven the wild west invaded old england and pitched their tents in the world's metropolis london so after a short season in antwerp the motley cargo set sail across the north sea to make a farewell visit to their cousins of the isle revel in a common language bringing a new pleasure to the ear hoping to deserve and receive a continuance of that amicable appreciation of their humble efforts that the past seemed to justify returning to england was next to going home to the wild westerners after wandering through foreign lands and they were welcomed as though indeed cousins in the real sense of the word a tour was made which was most extensive for exhibitions were given in leeds birmingham liverpool manchester sheffield stoke-on-trent nottingham leicester cardiff bristol portsmouth glasgow and then back to london where colonel cody gave a special entertainment in the grounds of windsor castle before the queen and her invited guests it was upon this occasion that buffalo bill was honored with the presentation of an elegant souvenir from the queen while mr salisbury and the writer were also remembered with handsome gifts from her majesty End of chapter 28 Recording by John Brandon